Canada HR News on November 7, 2022. I'm Elena Bobereva. In today's episode, we talk about seasonal hiring, recruiting nurses from India, one of the most dangerous occupations in Canada and the world, menopause leaves, safety hazards faced by construction workers as the result of the end of daylight savings time, and other topics. Stay with us to get the latest HR updates. We start with a labor update. Striking Ontario education support workers will be back on the picket lines today. The government is seeking a ruling that their walkout is illegal. The demonstrations unfolding across Ontario are in defiance of the legislation passed by the provincial government that imposed a contract on 55,000 QP education workers and banned them from striking. The government invoked the Charter of Rights and Freedoms' rarely used notwithstanding clause to override their bargaining rights. The province's new law has set fines for violating the ban on strikes of up to $4,000 per employee per day, which could amount to $220 million for all 55,000 workers and up to $500,000 per day for the union. QP has said it will fight the fines, but we also pay them if it has to. Toronto School Board's site states that should QP job action continue into this week, the schools will remain closed to in-person student learning. Every September, Canadian employers start recruiting workers for the holiday season. However, seasonal hiring appetite was relatively weak over the first two years of the pandemic. According to Indeed, this year, holiday job postings ramped up early. Through October, they were running well above both 2021 and 2019 levels, with Canadian holiday pay job postings on Indeed up 28% from 2021 as of October 28, and even further above 2019 levels. At the same time, job seeker interest in seasonal jobs is stronger than it was last year, with the seasonal share of total Canadian job searches tracking just below its level before the pandemic. Seasonal hiring is mainly concentrated in the retail industry. The four most common winter holiday job titles on Indeed are primarily customer-facing retail positions, together with accounting for over half of this year's holiday postings. The rise in holiday hiring appetite suggests seasonal employers are going to have a tough time filling job openings. However, a rebound in job seeker interest in seasonal jobs could work well for hiring managers. Staying with recruitment topic, overworked nurses in Newfoundland and Labrador facing high rates of workplace violence may get help as the province recruits workers from overseas. The province is spearheading a mission to India to recruit internationally educated registered nurses who can fill vacancies in the province. An advanced team of provincial government officials will depart for southwestern India in the coming weeks with the goal to set up a recruitment desk in the city of Bengaluru, located in the state of Karnataka. They will be joined by a representative of the College of Registered Nurses of Newfoundland and Labrador, who will be dedicated to oversee licensure. The government chose Karnataka because many nurses in the region receive similar training to what registered nurses receive in Newfoundland and Labrador. 
Also, the region has a high concentration of nursing schools, and the provincial government has had past success recruiting healthcare professionals from Bengaluru. In October, we reported that the province of Alberta and the Philippines have signed a Memorandum of Understanding to assist in the recruitment of registered nurses and licensed practical nurses. The government of New Brunswick has introduced legislative amendments to the Employment Standards Act to eliminate situations in which people living with a disability receive less than minimum wage for doing work comparable to that completed by others. The amendments would update the definition of employer and employee to ensure a clear employer-employee relationship when an employment agency is involved and remove ambiguity around the paying of sub-minimum wage stipends. The legislation is intended to ensure more inclusion and equality in the workplace and to end the current practice of allowing employers to pay stipends that are less than minimum wage. With the benefit of an extra hour of light for morning work comes the downside of darkness during the evening commute. The sun will be setting around the same time as rush hour, which is problematic for road workers or any individuals working near a road. Construction Safety Nova Scotia offers the following safety tips for construction and road worker employers. Wear reflective gear. Ensure that your workers have proper reflective clothing and add additional reflectors or reflective tape if needed. Ensure proper worksite lighting. Having the right lighting on a construction site is always important, but it becomes even more crucial when there is less natural light in the environment. Make sure you have a reliable source of lighting so workers can see their tasks at hand. Ensure sufficient personal lighting. Make sure workers have flashlights, headlamps, hand lights, or whatever they need to see the intricacies of the work they are performing. Have a winter emergency kit. The workplace should have a winter emergency kit handy and each work vehicle should be equipped with an emergency vehicle kit. Take the time to make sure both are well stocked and ready for winter. Book your appointment for winter tires if you haven't done it already. Now is a good time to book your appointment to swap your fleets all seasons for snow tires. Manufacturers generally recommend changing over when the temperature is consistently below 7 degrees Celsius. Fishing is among the most dangerous occupations in Canada. And according to a report from the International Fish Safety Foundation, more than 100,000 fishing-related deaths occur each year globally, and nearly 300 fishers die each day. The report looked at 30 regional and national sectors across the globe and says that 100,000 deaths is a conservative estimate, as it is likely even higher. Industrial illegal operators cut corners and ignore safety rules while contributing to the over-exploitation of highly profitable catch. There are more than 27 fatal occupational injuries per 100,000 workers in the Canadian fishing industry. From 2011 to 2019, the Transportation Safety Board of Canada conducted 30 commercial fishing-related investigations where recurring unsafe conditions were identified. During that period, TSB recorded 91 fishing-related deaths resulting from 66 fishing accidents. 
the two most common reasons for fatalities were falling overboard and problems with vessel stability. The use of personal flotation devices could not be ascertained in about 77% of deaths, and in 44% of the fatalities, authorities did not receive any emergency signal. Recently, New Brunswick introduced amendments to the Occupational Health and Safety Act to make it mandatory for workers to wear personal flotation device or life jackets while on fishing vessels. British Columbia did the same in 2019. The report by the Menopause Foundation of Canada finds that the healthcare and workforce needs of Canadian women over the age of 40 are largely being ignored. It is estimated that 1 in 10 women will leave the workforce due to their menopause. Women account for almost half the workforce in Canada, with more than 5 million working women over the age of 40. That means an estimated one quarter of Canada's 19 million person labor force are going through the menopause transition or are postmenopausal. Almost 2 million working women in Canada are between the ages of 45 and 55, the age where most women reach menopause. There is a deafening silence for this group in the workplace. The survey revealed that three-quarters of working women feel their employer is not supportive or do not know if they have support to help them manage this stage of life. Wicked women are dealing with the reality of ageism, with 3 in 10 fearing that others may see them as weak, old, or past their prime. 87% of survey respondents believe wicked women need support through all stages of life, including menopause, and a majority believe workplaces would benefit by doing so. As companies look to improve diversity, equity, and inclusion, it is time to focus on the needs of older women. We have made great strides dealing openly with other life changes, such as pregnancy. Like pregnancy, menopause is just another phase of life. The difference is, pregnancy doesn't happen to every woman. Menopause does. Benefits Canada reports that Arthritis Society Canada is supporting female employees by including menopause in its accommodation policy. The policy identifies ways in which a menopausal woman might require similar accommodations as a pregnant woman and includes adjusting an employee's job responsibilities, finding alternate work, and taking leave. Like most employers, menopause hasn't really been on Arthritis Society Canada's radar, but the organization is beginning to better understand it. It is recommended that more employers make menopause a normal part of the conversation by reviewing their policies to ensure they are menopause-inclusive and informing and training supervisors on how it might affect their employees. And this was Canada HR News on November 7, 2022. Please leave us a rating and a comment in Apple Podcast. You can also find us in Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other platforms. For more information on the topics discussed today, see the episode description and connect with us on Twitter at CADHRNews or LinkedIn at Canada HR News Podcast.